Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to episode 41 of the At the Coffee Table podcast. I am Jason Klink and today I have the, uh, the pleasure and privilege to be joined by a good friend of mine and a former colleague and uh, this is Tiffany Harmon. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, just to give everybody's background or get give Tiffany's background to everyone, um, she is a former EMT and that's where we work together. Um, she's a pre-med student, a single mom trying to conquer the world on her own and has recently, um, decided to dive into personal development a little bit. Um, one of the, the, we had a conversation a week ago and I, I think you start, it started out with a text message of, I want to do what you do, which prompted me to say, which prompted me to say, which part, uh, so, Tiff, thanks for, for joining me. And, and, you know, the basis of this podcast is to kind of talk about how your past, um, your past doesn't define you. And um, hang on one second. I'm hoping. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so the, the, the concept for, for today's podcast is just to go and uh, talk about how your past doesn't really define you. And what do we mean by that? Um, we, we've all, you know, in, in your in your adult life, in your life in general, you, you hit speed bumps, you hit rough patches, you hit, um, you know, you may struggle at times. And for you, knowing you and as many years as we've known each other, you know, you're, you were a young mom who um, did the marriage divorce thing. Um try to go out on your own and, and, and win it all on your own and, and got an EMS, which was, is, is a noble profession. And, you know, you've, you've really had some success there, but you've had your struggles along the way. Um, so give, you know, I've given a little bit of your background. Why don't you dive into your background a little bit? Um, well, so I started out as an EMT and I was actually in college for something completely different. I was going to be a cop. I was in a criminal justice major. And I was sitting in an English class and someone was telling a story about one of their 911 calls. And I'm like, EMTs. I'm like, tell me about like this, you know, what you do. She told me about it. And I was like, hypothetically speaking, if I wanted to do that, how would I do that? And the next thing you know, I was on an ambulance the next weekend. And then I was in an EMT class. And 10 years later, technically, I'm still certified, but I'm working in a different capacity in EMS. Um, so now I've really taken a lot of time in dedicating myself to public safety and kind of did the hop around with firefighting, police work, the military, and mm -hmm. really the entire time, my heart always just stayed with medicine and how I could help people in that aspect, um, because that was a mix of how I could care for people and the science behind it, because I think there's a lot to learn, and there's I'm thirsty for knowledge, and that's you're never going to stop learning there, so... Now, after an injury in EMS, a devastating back injury, um, I shouldn't work EMS. I still think about it all the time, like, hmm, maybe I just should go back. Um, mm -hmm. And the smart part of me says it's time to move on. Sure. You know, whether that meant that, you know, life was going to pull me in a different direction, I decided that um, I could do medicine in a different aspect without mm -hmm. um, necessarily abusing my body on the ambulance. <laughs> Right, right. That I was smart enough to do medicine, and I leaped into 
um, a psychology program and I'm just getting into my third semester of psychology mm -hmm. and I'm actually about to transfer back to Syracuse and I just accepted a job at a local hospital out there. Breaking and, news. Yes, I know. So everyone knows now. Yeah. Um, and I will continue my degree out there and see where it takes me. Cause you're in, you're in Rochester now, right? Yeah. 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 So then the next month to month and a half, I'm coming back. <laughs> so, you know, which is great. And that's all good news. And, and you really, you know, you're seeing some, some successes from, from all your struggles, you know, you and I met and you were, what, you were just a baby at what, 20 years old or so. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, along the way, I, I, I've seen you really excel at EMS. I've seen you stumble in some of um, some of the other fields you tried to get into. Um, you've had your hardships with personal relationships, and work relationships. Yeah. Um, and I think for all of us, and you and I had talked the other day about, you know, that struggle and, and kind of being in a hole you can't climb out of. Um and what, you know, and I kind of joked how I didn't grow up until I was in my 40s. Um, and we spent all of our 20s doing really stupid things and trying to find our place. Um, and that which kind of leads us to, you know, what, what can we do better? And I think, you know, you and I had talked about, you know, you diving into helping others. And that's part of what you're learning with psychology. And and what you're learning today and it gives you an opportunity to share share your story you know because i you're not you're not different from a lot but you've had different experiences than others mm -hmm. you know because there's a lot of single moms out there that that have struggled but have persevered and, and, and that's a lot of where i get my inspiration from is those moms who have done it before me so i hope i can do it for those after me as well right and, and we talked about the other day how you know, personal development is kind of a crowded, convoluted space. Um, and how do you stand out from the crowd? So I guess, you know, what, what do you think, what, what do you bring to the table? What, how are you going to stand out from the crowd? How are you going to kind of be a, 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 you know, a leader, so to say in that space? Put me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and you know, honestly, and I know that we've had this in the conversation is people who have reached out to me saying like, you have to do this. I, you inspire me. And I'm like, I'm just a 30 year old mom, like doing life, sometimes a hot mess. And right. I think that the thing that really sets me apart is that I'm, I've been a hot mess and I'm not afraid to show that I'm a hot mess and that's normal and that's natural. And I think the more that we normalize that stigma of like perfection is not all that, that that's what I can bring. And I can show that you can still not have it all together and not, have everything figured out or be married or have like the perfect life right. um, and still do really great things in life. So I think that's why I would like to bring to the table for people to see. What's, what's different about Tiffany at 30 than Tiffany at 20 or 25? Um, I think the way that I think about myself, mm -hmm. the way that I am show myself kindness first and the way that I care for myself, because I thought back then that if you, do it all if you do it all really well, or it seems like you're doing it really well. Right. If you work to exhaustion, then you have it all together. If you have the perfect relationship, I thought that I had to be married. I thought that I had to have this perfect lineup of just a timeline. Um, and that was so wrong. And the more that I tried to force that, the more that 
walls would just come up and I would be, you know, life would tell me no. And I was mm-hmm. so angry that life was telling me no, right. that I kept doing the same patterns over and over again. And it wasn't really until, God, probably 28 until I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Stop. What are you doing? Right. So now I look at it as me now. I'm love to laugh at my crap, my own BS. <laughs> and I think that not being afraid to fail. If something scares me, I think it's probably the right thing to be doing. <laughs> Yeah. Here. So and that's I, we kind of talked about the other day about having having those big scary goals and and jumping off the cliff without a without a parachute. Um cuz really that's um that's where we grow and 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 you know my favorite co- quote and you, and you had used it the other day in one of your posts was about um that life happening happening for you and not to you. It took me it took me a long time to learn that. Um and I'm sure it did for you. Yeah. Um <laughs> reminders all the time it's like yeah. why is this happening to me and then you're like wait a second i'm lucky I, I think it's i think the best takeaway from that is you know how, how can we learn about what occurs what can we learn and and what 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 of our own factors are we playing into that so if it's a hard lesson or if it's kind of a crappy situation you know uh, what, how, how can we grow for that it's so funny that you say that because i was thinking about that this morning and i was thinking a lot of the decisions we make that we think are mistakes, we make because we don't have all of the puzzle pieces yet. Yeah. And then we're mad at ourselves for doing that. But yeah. my amazing therapist will always tell me when I'm like beating myself up because I made a mistake and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so dumb. And then I reframe that because that's what you do. Yep. She said, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yep. And that has reframed my whole mindset of the mistakes that I've made and how I've carried shame from the choices that I've made in my past because mm-hmm. you don't know. And that's not your fault. One of the coolest things I heard because I was watching uh, uh, some content the other day um, was that, you know, a lot of people shape their future by what happened to them in the past and they keep reliving every, all, all that crap, all that stuff, you know, good or bad, they keep reliving it because, and then it starts shaping what they're doing in the future what's happened happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. You have no control over, yeah. you know, you know what, that's what, a you wait to carry into the future and you can't do it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I mean, even I, I've had my own share of experiences, bad and good. You know, I went, I went through a, a divorce that, that put me into a hole that I couldn't climb out of for a long time, not without any help, you know, and we come from a business that, we, we come from a business that mental health care. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, shut up and deal. Exactly. Or if you do that, you're weak and you're not meant to be in the job. Yeah. And that's one of these things. It's like a lot of people, well, um, they're afraid to talk about themselves. They're afraid to open up or be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I want to do this is a lot of, as you said, we suffer because we don't talk to each other and suicide rates are crazy because we yeah. don't up and we don't share, you know, experiences. One of the best, one of the best conversations I've had on this podcast, and was one of the original ones, was with Ann Bopri from Syracuse Police, and she's the mental health uh, advocate for the police department. Um, and we went into depth of how, luckily for them, things have changed, and they've really embraced mental health care for the police officers. Um, in public safety, you know, I can think of all the bad calls I went on over twenty years, all of them. 
uh, if not every single one of them. And how many it, times do you get stress debriefing? Yeah, yeah, like three. Well, yeah. one of ten years for me, and the band calls that way that. By yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the gruesome car wreck that it, it, it could be just a, a, a baby having difficulty breathing yeah. because of a cold or pneumonia, mm -hmm. you know, that, that weighs, that weighs on people differently as much as somebody yeah. being decapitated in a car crash. Mm -hmm. um, right. And they, you, I can't even agree with you more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just when you factor all that in and how, you know, coming from that industry, you got to have that tough exterior and, and the, the shield of armor yeah. and trying to deal with your own stuff. Um, it, like you said, you, you know, you have an amazing therapist and sometimes you, you need to have that help and you can't be afraid to get that help. Yeah. And that's for the longest time is I was so afraid of. So I've been with the same therapist for three years. She has been my lifeline. I like to tell people that if I didn't pay her, she'd be my best friend in real life. All right. She has gotten me out of I mean, dangerous places. Mm -hmm. uh, so I owe her that. And I, till I, before that, I think I had this stigma of like, if you do that, you're weak. Or you only go if you have really bad problems. Um, and, you know, I learned that was like very humbling to me is that I ended up going because I didn't think I had a choice of any other way of making it out of that situation. Um, okay. uh, and she's just, I would recommend it to anyone. So she has re-walked me through some of the calls that have devastated me because no one, number one, the only person you really talk to about that is your partner right after the call. And then it's under the rug and you don't talk about it again. Um, and then if you do, you know how it goes. People call you dramatic or people, yeah. you know, it's one of those things you just don't talk about. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's too bad that, that that stigma has or that mode of thinking has gone on way too long in in public safety and in the industry that, that you and I had worked in um, because I think a lot of people may have worked longer in, in the business um, or maybe not as long <laughs> if if they got the help and realized that they they needed more um, yeah well and that and that goes for physical injuries as well is that we as you know what, this is a perfect frame to put this in as a female EMT, a female firefighter. Um, there's a stigma, or let's just say on the ambulance, for example, there's a stigma that if you call for fire to help you lifting, mm -hmm. that you're lazy, that you can't do your job, that you don't belong in the job. I went a good eight years not calling for fire as much as I possibly could because, well, depending on the time limit, but because people were looking, people were watching and saying, you don't yeah. need, and then you get talked about it after. And because of that stigma, the day that I called for fire, because I wasn't going to mess around was the day that my career ended. So hmm. any EMTs out there listening, please call for fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to You got to know your limitations. Yeah. I, I think that's the point. You got to know your limitations and no matter what might be thought of, you know, I tell my, I tell my kids, every single one of them that, somebody else's opinion just doesn't matter. And you by no means have to take someone else's crap. You know, if you feel you're doing the right thing with the right morals and the, the right intention in mind, mm -hmm. then go ahead and do it. That, you know, just because somebody has a difference of opinion, yep, okay, share your opinion, that's great. Um, but at the end of the day, 
it, it comes down to what you're comfortable and what you have to live with. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's funny that you say it's, that was one of the biggest lessons that I learned in EMS is I spent number one, it'll eat you alive. If you care, if you go into work every day, worried about what people are thinking about you talking about, because people are going to make up stuff anyways. So you might as well go in and well, in, in that business too, I mean, there's so many different personalities, the dynamics are, you know, when I was fire chief, it was, you know, I'm, I'm the, the supervisor of 30 people and their different personality conflicts. Um, and, and that's the truth. Everybody just, you have your different personalities and different work, ethic, work ethics and some work harder than others. Um, and, and that's just, that's what makes up the business right or wrong. That's what makes up the business. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. You know, you, you, you've come out of that industry. You're, you're, you're putting yourself through school, still taking care of your son, mm-hmm. having those challenges of doing your schoolwork and his schoolwork. Because in this current environment of the pandemic, you know, as a mom, you got to do his schoolwork and your schoolwork. Yeah. Um, so it, where's the delicate balance for you? Is it come down to just scheduling or is it just... That is funny that you say that um, because I'm still figuring that out. And it's some days are really great. And some days just feel like smooth sailing. And then the next day is just like, and it's a hot mess. It's Mm -hmm. yelling to get out the door, not necessarily yelling, but a lot of hurrying and rushing, sometimes yelling. Um, Some days really lately have been just so difficult and difficult to cope with. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it's because it, it's all out of our control. Um, yeah. As for the scheduling aspect, that is something that I keep revisiting and I keep trying to do. But because mm-hmm. of that balance, like you said, his schedule is always changing. Right. My schedule is pretty much the same, but I try to make sure that I can adapt to his so that I don't like I could do better. The block scheduling needs to be done. <laughs> There's <laughs> and, no real balance right now of like a need to have a balance, but I don't. So I'm just kind of in survival mode. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. I, um, school has been very tough for him and I this semester, um, this year. Because what's he in sixth grade? He's in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay. So he's, you know, this year he's phenomenal. I think that, and I don't want to shoot my own horror or like humble brag at all, but like. I think that he's been watching the amount that I've been working and he, he's grown mm-hmm. to become very independent in his studies and he has very few questions. Um, and I just had his parent teacher conference the other day and he's doing really well. So I'm lucky That's in good. the sense. So I hope that he's been watching and, mm-hmm. you know, watching me not be frustrated and upset sometimes, but the scheduling part is um, I've really had this um, anticipated myself to continue to like, try to block my time. And I have friends that use a block scheduling, including you who say, you know, mm-hmm. you need to take these breaks once an hour, once every 30 minutes, take a five minute break, step away yep. from computer. get up and walk around. And you know, like I do that and I do notice a difference, mm-hmm. but it's so difficult when you're in the middle of an assignment or you're in the middle of something. And it's like, I have to get, you know, this paragraph rocked out. And then next thing you know, it's three hours later and you're like, I am so burned out. So I really, I need to step up my game with that block scheduling. I just bought a new agenda that I need to use. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah. And, and, you know, realistically, when when that happens, it's if you're spinning your wheels and, and, and you feel like you're just surviving, that means you're just 
you're, you're putting out fires without just managing your time. And it, it's, it's easy to do because then you, then you fall back on, you fall back on old habits. Yes. I find myself doing that. You know, I, I, what's that? Reliving the same patterns and that's it, something I'm learning from. Yep. Yep. Because it's really, for me, you know, it's, I, I think I can multitask like a champ. And as soon as I do that, the wheels are coming off the bus. Um, so it, it's, it's stopping, like you said, like the advice that you've gotten is stopping. Okay. Let's stand up and walk for a minute, go get a glass of water and, yeah. and, and, and come back at it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the challenges of this year, are like nothing else, you know, I've talked about it before, how it's pretty much an anomaly. Everybody's had to try to adjust and learn. Like the kids, I think, are are missing out on a lot of things. Um, but they, the kids, children, you know this from, from the business, that children's are, children are, are very resilient and they wow. compensate very well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head is your son – watching you study so hard and work so hard at your, at your schoolwork independently that it's translating to what, to what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really, it, it, you may or may not see it, but I think that's a positive effect you're having on him. I hope so. And that's yeah. the thing is I, um, I really want him to see those things and I want him to see those hard moments. Like when I'm struggling, I let him know like, Hey, I'm feeling really sad today or I'm really struggling in these assignments. And then I, you know, because I think there's so much of like, we need to shield our children, we need to protect them. And yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. But we need to create them a position where they can see that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to struggle with these things. But right. if we can be vulnerable, and we can ask for help and kind of share that we're experiencing those, we're setting our kids up for that future of them, seeing, you know, as an adult saying, this is really hard. Right. I I'm alone in this. How can I get support and how can I get through this challenge? So yeah. I think that, um, that, yes, there's a fine line between shielding and protecting, but I want him to see those hard moments. I want him to see that becoming a doctor is 16 hour days sometimes at your desk or crying in the car <laughs> because of bad Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Right. Um, and so I want him to see those moments and right. I want him to understand that, like, even though we have those moments, it means that good things, you know, good things will come still because right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so why, let me, uh, I'll just ask this. So why personal development? What, 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 what do you think about that? And that as, you know, cause it, it trans, it, it really transfers into or transcribes into a business, a business venture, being an entrepreneur, or at least being an influencer. Let's let's put it that way. It's at least being an influencer, and there's there's a ton of those. Um, so it's you know, and we had kind of touched on at the beginning of of standing out from the crowd, and you know, bringing forth that valuable or that value to folks. Um, I'm I'm assuming that that the draw is because of what your studies are now, right? Yes, I really didn't um, have any interest, and in, number one. Like I said before, why would anyone want to learn from someone who's still a hot mess? Mm. Um, but then I learned through this is my psychology degree and my classes that I take is like the way that you change your mindset and the way that those small, you know, things that I post on Facebook or the stories of my own life that I share, mm -hmm. those change people's lives and those change other people's perspectives, even when they don't recognize that that's happening. Um, 
And by them reaching out to me, I recognize that by my own work that I've been doing for my own personal development can have a great effect on other people's lives. And people have reached out to me and told me that, and I was like, why? But the more that I've had conversations with some of my closest friends, um, the more I've recognized that even though I don't feel like it, even though I have that um, kind of like thing gnawing at me, that you have nothing to give. I recognize that just by showing up, just by sharing my stories or sharing Mm -hmm. those quotes of motivational, um, motivational quotes, um, people are going to get something from that. And then by Mm -hmm. them reaching out to me, I'm getting something from that. And that's really inspiring to hear people like say that you've saved my life or you've helped me pass this math class or um, I'm really struggling as a mom right now. And your quote just really hit home. So I think that alone, just if I can be real, I don't want to sell anything. I don't want to be like, here, come by this class. I, I want to be your friend and I want to know how you're doing. And I want people to understand that they're not alone and they don't have to do anything that's hard alone. Plus, I think that sharing that and, and being that, that voice for the, the niche that you're trying to, to get into um, ultimately benefits you as a person as well, because it's still helping you grow and solidifying everything that you've learned. Um, and, you know, you may, and, and we, we had talked about this the other day too, was about the whole, the whole imposter syndrome thing. And do I really, do I really have what it takes to, you know, be effective, so to say, you know, um, and, and I've lived it just doing, I mean, even doing this podcast, I, and I've said this probably a dozen times, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably would never got this podcast started, but because we weren't really doing anything in any other aspect of what I work at or business wise for four or five weeks, it was like, yeah, what the hell? We'll, we'll, we'll give it a try. The only excuse of stopping you is yourself. And that's yep. kind of like when you invited me to come on the podcast today, my immediately thought was like, don't do it. You're, you know, and then I thought, why, why am I saying that? All right. It was immediate, just fear, fear yep. of being uncomfortable, fear of however many people watching, um, fear of something stupid coming out of my mouth. But as I said before, usually on the other side of fear is something that I should be doing. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, and even if you fail, you know, I think Will Smith said this past, you did this whole, um, speech post about failing forward if you're going to fail fail forward and progress from it um, and that's yeah. like from my past failures is if if i fail i know that i tried i know that something else was meant for me in life yeah but if i don't i'm going to spend the rest of my life wondering how i could have done it or if i could have succeeded or what you know what i could have learned from that experience right because i think the, the worst thing that we can do is if you fail is just going back to comfortable you know, yes. you, you revert back to what's comfortable and that now, now you're not failing forward. Now you're not progressing. Um, and it, it can be hard. It can really be hard. And, you know, I've, I've had the same doubts doing what I've doing. I had to make a, you know, I made a huge life change just over a year ago. That was shocking. <laughs> yeah. It, it, to you and me both, to a lot of people, you know, you take 19 years of doing the same thing yeah, or 20 years of doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden you pivot. And it's not anything, it's, it's, uh, you know, and, it, and it's that jumping off the cliff without a parachute and hope that you're doing the right thing. And, um, you know, I, I think things are put in front of us for a reason 
and that was, and it, you know, for me, it, it turned out pretty well. And, um, I think for you, I think you jumping off the cliff without the parachute and sharing your story and, you know, talking to people and, and creating your own content and, um, just bringing the value. I think that the return for you is going to be a lot more than what you think. And it's not going to be monetary, you know, money wise, it's going to be in, in other ways. I really hope so. And that's, you know, you know, like, as you know, no one gets into EMS because of money. Right. And that's luckily helped a lot of people and that caused my love for medicine. So, and the people who have reached out to me and said, Hey, you're helping me. That makes me fall in love with this passion and this aspiration. I have just a little bit more. So I'm excited and I hope that you do really well and we'll see what happens. I, you know, it, it comes, we, we both kind of come from the place of service and I think that's where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're not riding in the back of any ambulance anymore to provide service to those in need. So now you're doing it another way and, it, and, and it's going down a different path. And not only are you doing it in the world of medicine, but you, you know, you're doing it on a personal level. And I, you know, I, I can see for you, you, you can tell it's fulfilling for you because your face kind of lights up when, yeah. you know, you, you the, 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 your face, your features change when you, when you get in, when you start talking about that. Um, and, and that's one telltale sign with anybody, you know, if they start getting animated or they light up or their fa facial features change, um, because this is something they're passionate about, that just says it all right there. And that's what you should be doing. Thank you. And that's my goal is I spent too long trying to figure out what I shouldn't be doing. And now, now that I'm here, there's so much to yeah. be done. You know, I need to make up for that lost time. So that's awesome. Um, so what's your big scary goal going into next year? Oh, um, gosh, I'm a little afraid of next year. 2020 was the way it is this year. So oh, I'm like, should I, I make any goals this year? Should I make any plans or just cancel them all? Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so my goal is to, you know, actually I haven't really made a goal, but I will say that the podcast has been on my mind of creating a podcast for women and positivity and um, kind of encouraging women to be them true their true selves and be the hot mess mom they need to be and thrive at life so maybe that's my goal now, you i go. know you can ask me later like what's your goal <laughs> <laughs> so i I'll, I'll i'll throw this out to you anytime you come up with a podcast topic that you want to do you can come and co-host this one anytime you want to <laughs> okay so I'll there you go there you go um, well, you know what? I appreciate the conversation today. I, I, I hope that, and I'm confident that it, it's helped a lot of people, especially anybody that's tuned in. Um, we'd love to have your comments. We'd love to, to have you share it with anybody you might think would get any value out of it. Um, Tiffany, how would, how would people connect with you on social or otherwise? Um, well, I have an Instagram and my Instagram handle is tharmmed or harm. Or 30. I don't even know my own handle because I don't really care. Right, you don't even look at yourself. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't really care if people follow me, but I guess if you guys are looking, you should probably know it. And I yep. should know it. So it's T Harm and then 30. Okay. Um, and my Facebook is Tiffany Ann. And okay. There you go. So if, if you have any, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, if, if anybody has any follow up questions, if she, you know, you want to reach out to Tiff and, um, 
you know, ask her a question or, or get some info, feel free. If, if you can't seem to find her on the social, um, feel free to, to drop me a DM and, and, you know, I'll, I'll connect you both. Um, so with that, we'll end that for today. We'll definitely have this conversation again, I'm sure. Um, and you know, you know, I appreciate your candor and, and your insight for today. Thank you for having me, Jason. Yeah, you're welcome. And <laughs> so, you know, this is the At the Coffee Table podcast. Please like, comment, and share. You know, we, we do these episodes to, to pull up our chair to the virtual coffee table and kind of discuss everything and anything and hopefully come up with a solution or two. Uh, and with that, everybody, take care of yourselves and take care of each other and have a great day. Thank you.